0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. yo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Huge Birth Tales. My brother's name is Ayi and I'm Boy. Thank you for listening from
1: Mommy's
0: Bobcast. See you later.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am your host Jordan, thank you so much for being here this week. I am super grateful that you choose to have me in your ears. If you are new around here, my sons, I have two of them, their names are Jai and Ali, They are three and one and a half, and I also have a business baby, which is your birth project. Alongside Kiwi Birth Tales, your birth project is the hypnobirthing course that is online and helps you create your best birth. It is an online store with pregnancy, birth, and postpartum related products. And it is the Your Birth Project journal, which is an amazing uh, education and sort of reflection tool in pregnancy and preparation for birth. And it's also a beautiful keepsake to keep for your whole entire life <laughs> and reflect back on. So if you're keen to check out Your Birth Project, you can head to at Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. Today, I have a lovely episode for you coming from a mama named Rochelle. And she has a son named Boston. She talks us through the journey to pregnancy, which involved um, some fertility testing and eventual IVF support for them to fall pregnant. So she talks us through that and a really positive uh, pregnancy experience. She wanted a hospital birth with an epidural, and that was something she was really sure about. So she actually ended up suffering um, from quite a lot of birth trauma because she had a failed epidural in hospital. So she talks us through her birth experience and... How she sort of felt um, during that experience. And then she suffered with really serious postpartum depression and anxiety. And she talks us through like the black cloud that she sort of felt that was just looming over her and how she got support and how she's going now. So, Rochelle shares a heap of information with us in this episode, and her story is so important. I'm very grateful that she was willing to come on the podcast and just be so open and vulnerable with us because it's not an easy thing to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm just so grateful that there's these stories out there that people are willing to share with us, and I hope that you take something from this episode because I definitely know that I did. So I will let you jump into it. Make sure you send me your feedback or questions, or if you just want to chat, find me at Kiwi Birth Tales on Instagram. You can also find me on TikTok now. <laughs> My username is at Kiwi Birth or you can send me an email, Jordan at KiwiBirthTales.com. Okay, let's jump into the episode. Hi, Rochelle. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. No worries. Thank you for having me. No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family?
2: Yep. So my name's Rochelle, and I have a partner called James, and we live in Auckland. And we have a almost nine month old little boy called Boston, and a mm-hmm. dog called Maggie. <laughs> and um, yeah, James is a plumber and works for himself. And I've had many things. I've been a dental hygienist, um, also work in a family uh, menswear store. And yeah, I've just started my own maternity and newborn photography as well.
1: Awesome. And we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, We're going to work through your pregnancy uh, and birth story. And then
2: what life has been like for the past nine or so months um, yep, with little yep. Boston. but how about we start with um what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and James yep so we we knew that we wanted to have a baby pretty early on we just kind of you know met and knew that we were the right people for each yes. other which is good um and we started trying um and I kind of I was on the pill and I just kind of I guess was naive and thought that it would happen pretty quickly like I think a lot of us think um kind of what you're taught when you're younger um so we were kind of excited it was um yeah it was like oh it might happen you know next month kind of thing and then when it didn't I remember feeling like you know, I was getting upset, and James was like, what do you, we just started, like, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. just, just relax, and, and that was fine, and we kept, we kept trying, and it was, months would go by, and um, nothing was really happening, and I was starting to get, like, a little bit, like, worried, Um, I'm, I'm only 31, by the way, as well, um, so I, how old am I, like, almost 30 i was turning coming up to 30 when we were trying um yeah. so i didn't think i was that old or anything so i didn't really worry <laughs> about that but um we were yeah i think it was kind of 6 months and i mentioned it to a doctor and they said that's normal like everything's fine just keep doing what you're doing um and if it's been a year then come back to us and we can kind of do some tests and that kind of thing um, mm-hmm. So we kept we kept going um, and it was coming up close to a year and we started to really, you know, get worried a little bit because I was thinking oh. my mum didn't have any trouble getting pregnant. She's had three children and kind of got pregnant really easy. I didn't know anyone that had had any issues. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't like, it wasn't something in my, you know, in my surroundings with people that I know I I, I'd heard about people struggling and I'd heard about IVF and all that but uh, you know you never think it's going to be you doing it Mm. um so I was a little bit worried Like, oh my gosh what if we have to do this what if we can't have a baby because my whole life I've been wanting to be a mum like I've just loved babies since I was a baby basically (laughs) I've always like Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to meet the person that I was meant to be with and start Trying for a family and all that. So um yeah, the excitement of trying kind of faded after a few months when it wasn't happening because it was getting a little bit concerning. So um I went to the doctor and they ran some tests, they're just the basic blood tests, pretty sure. Um yeah. and and yeah, they don't they couldn't really find anything. They were like, I was healthy, I didn't have any issues. So they suggested um Going to a fertility clinic, so I was I was pretty like keen to just get onto it. I'm that kind of person. I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, like I don't want to waste any time. I don't, I'm impatient enough, and it's been it was actually pretty much a year and a half by that point. And um, I got in touch with fertility associates in Auckland, and I think I did a the phone call with the nurse, and then they were like, oh yeah, you you know recommend talking to the doctor and then they can run more tests so i did a blood test for um i think oh, what's it called it's for to test your ovarian reserve oh amh which, yes yes that's the one um so just you know how how many um eggs you have and all that all that stuff um yeah. james did his testing as well and uh, that came back fine which was good and I was thinking oh I thought it might have been something to do with him but I was like I didn't think it was me I don't know why I just kind of was like I think I'm fine you know and I had um normal periods I hadn't had any issues with that I was very very regular I didn't have any issues so anyway we got the results back and I remember getting the email and it, it basically said you're you have a very low ovarian reserve for your age and I was only 29 and I was like quite shocked and I saw it; my heart just sank and I was like oh my gosh it's me like mm-hmm. I'm the reason um and, and it just said um we think for your best chance to start your family would be to go to IVF as the most aggressive treatment and I thought you know uh, after a few tears and all that I was like um, let's just do it. I mean, you can do other things. Um, it's I don't remember the name of it. It's ovul. It's like stimulates um, ovulation. There's these things, oh, yeah. steps that you can go through before you do IVF. But I mean, all of that costs money, and the per- the percentage of success rate with that isn't very high compared to IVF. And we thought we'll be trying a year and a half. I know that's not that long compared to some people but we just wanted to go for, you know, the highest chance um, Mm. if we were going to do it. So we thought, yes, we want to do it. We want to get started straight away. And this was, what year was it, 21? And it was October. So we were in that lockdown. It was, I think, level three. I think we'd gotten Mm. level four to level three anyway. um, And we spoke, we were only able to do a Zoom call so we couldn't go in, which was, was which was annoying. Um, but we just got on to that really, really quick. We are like, yes, we want to do IVF. Um, when can we get started? And he said, we can get started straight away, basically. They were actually quite busy during lockdown, and they were still able to keep going, which was really good. So that yeah. was good. I didn't have to wait around too long. We, I think we got started like a week later or something. So that was cool. Um, yeah. yeah, and it kind of just yeah we got the money together It's very expensive, as people know um and yeah we 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 just started really
1: yeah if you don't mind and, sharing, how much did it actually cost um yeah
2: of course front. um yeah, you have to pay for everything. well, you can do um public funding, but we didn't it's the wait list could be like up to two years, I think, and I was like, i'm not waiting and the, basically since he the doctor said you it, for me having a low ovarian reserve it was a very it was like not much time for me. Mm. And he and even to he said to um finish my family. So basically if I want to have more kids to complete my family, he said, um I do have a short amount of time, which isn't a very nice thing to hear. So that's mm-hmm. why we were like let's just get started straight away Um, because then if we're able to get more embryos, we've at least got that option to to have siblings if we were lucky enough to get pregnant, Um, which we were obviously. But um, yeah, it's about all up. I think it was about Mm 15,000. Yeah. So, but but before you do, oh my gosh. Yes. But yeah, so that's private, private funding, obviously with with IVF if you're funding it privately you have to before any treatment you have to pay before you start anything so for the medic getting the medications obviously that's your first step so that's like a couple thousand um just to pick up the medications and all that and um we when we did that I unfortunately um they left out the needles in my medication pack and I didn't I don't know why I didn't I, I saw the pack and I thought, you know, it must everything's there, blah blah blah. And it was you have to mm. inject at a certain time mm. every night. I think it's for like a week or two. Um and it's at the same time every night. So ours was eight, eight PM and so I remember the first I was all prepared. I you know they te- they sent all these videos on how to inject yourself. And, um, I got it all set up like plenty of time. And then I realized that the syringes were missing and I was like, surely they haven't forgotten that. And this is at 8 PM, you know, so nothing's open (laughs) and we was freaking out and we ended up, I was like, Mm. get in the car. We have to like go to a pharmacy or something or, um, you know, some kind of, there was shore care just around where we live near North Shore Hospital and that's like an emergency doctors. And so we went there and I went, I ran into the pharmacy and I was trying to like, I was getting really flustered because it was really close to 8 PM. And I was like, do you guys sell syringes? And I brought the things out and I was like to fit this. And they were like, no, sorry, we don't have anything like that. So I went to shore care and they, you know, it's COVID lockdown. So they had, that station Mm. with the nurses outside before you can even get in and I was just (laughs) so I was like oh my god and I just explained to one of the nurses outside everything and she was so lovely and I was like starting to cry and she's like oh my gosh it's okay like no no come in and we'll get them sorted for you it's going to be okay and I ended up getting them um and they gave it to me for free which was really lovely and so I just did it Mm. um when I was there so it was nice and easy Yeah, so that was a little horrible thing to experience. So I always, I recommend if you are doing it to definitely double check that you have everything because that's not fun. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so um, the the medication went well. I didn't really feel nervous about the needles. I'm kind of good with needles anyway. And when you're doing IVF, you have to go get so many blood tests all the time, so you're, you get used to it, all that. It's not really – I didn't find it painful anyway. Some people do. But, um, yeah, um, I think that was for about a week. And then for the egg collection, they don't – you don't fully get put to sleep, but you get a, you get sedated. So that was all good. It was nothing – I wasn't super, super nervous. But the only issue was, since it was lockdown, I couldn't have James with me. So I had to go to all these appointments by myself um Mm. so that was really hard because I mean yeah it was a bit nerve-wracking and it would be nice to have your partner there but um we were just so keen to get it done so we were just like grateful we were able to do it um and I must say also I joined this um Facebook group which I really recommend if you are going through it um it was like fertility family and it's a really good support group Um, with other women in New Zealand that are going through the same thing so you kind of have that support and you can ask questions and so you know what to expect so that was really helpful um but yeah Yeah. we went in and I got eight eggs um and I listened to other podcasts that you've done and people did IVF and I feel like some people get so so many more I, I and I thought I thought it was a few more eggs, but I was kind of sedated and then found out it was eight. And I was like, okay, well, that's okay, you know, at least we got something. Um, mm. And then they basically have to, over the the next day, they give you a call and they say um, that if they how many survived, I can't remember the exact numbers, I'm sorry, um, of the ones that survived. They basically mm. wait over, I think, three to five days and they turn into blastocysts um yeah yeah so we ended up losing a couple um we got to day four and they said that we had three embryos so we were really happy with that because at least we could do um we did a fresh transfer so that means on that fifth day I went in and got them got one of them transferred um Yeah. yeah and we did the The lovely wait of I think it was nine days of waiting to see if I was pregnant um and it was like nerve-wracking because you know you're constantly you know do I feel any different blah 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 if it's in your head I didn't feel anything and I've had like a year and a half of you know when you're trying to get pregnant you're constantly like symptoms spotting and then you get your period and it's like this horrible disappointment every month Mm. and doing pregnancy tests you know, and it's always negative and you constantly just see that, that one line and it's so heartbreaking. Mm.
0: And
2: it's just like a horrible cycle. Um So I didn't test. I waited until I got the blood test and then they would call me the next day. I wasn't going to, yeah. I was like, I can't do another negative pregnancy test because it would just break my heart. Mm. Cause I was already feeling like mm. this isn't going to work. Like it would be just too good to be true. Um Yeah and it was on a Sunday and they said we'll call you around like midday so we it's you know waiting all morning for that Mm -hmm. phone call and I Mm -hmm. just put a movie on and sat there and I had my my phone sitting there and and then it kind of got to that time and the movie had just finished it was like you know staring at the phone and then james was there and then we just saw the phone ring and i knew the number off by heart because i'd had so many phone calls with with the clinic um and then i saw it ringing and we just like looked at each other and my heart sank and i was like oh my god okay i'll answer it (laughs) and the girl on the phone (laughs) she was she had a really upbeat voice she was like hello like it's such a beautiful day um for a positive (laughs) pregnancy test and i was just like as soon as she said that I was just it was just the best feeling in the whole world and just James just leapt off the couch he was we were just like we couldn't believe it and I I had to be like did you say like positive like are you serious and she was like yeah she was so confident she was like yep no amazing brother and even just like her friendliness was it was just such a nice person to deliver the news and Mm we just couldn't believe it we didn't even wait to see our parents in person we just both rang our own parents and we were like Mm -hmm. you're going to be grandparents it was so so exciting and we just we couldn't believe it it was like the best day ever yeah yeah tears in my eyes hearing that story (laughs) (laughs)
1: rachel yeah 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 amazing and so obviously um you get your positive test and you've told your parents what happens next like what do you do from there how were you feeling
2: mentally how were you feeling physically what was your first trimester like talk us through that yeah um well my essay just after I got that phone call I did go and pee on the stick because I was so excited (laughs) to I was so excited I was like I get to go and like see a positive pregnancy test and I did like the Mm -hmm. digital one and the other one and I was like taking a photo of it I was like yay I was so excited um it was so cool Mm -hmm um so yeah first trimester I was um I had to wait till seven weeks I said to do the first ultrasound the internal ultrasound oh yeah to help me see that heartbeat yeah. so that weight was like so nerve wracking and I still couldn't really believe that it was real so I was um I, I obviously didn't I didn't feel I know some people do but I didn't have any symptoms so I was I think I took so many pregnancy tests like every week yeah. w- waiting for that first ultrasound. Um, I didn't feel anything until s- it was seven weeks. And I, I remember saying to my mum, I don't feel, I feel like fine. She's like, why are you complaining about that? Like, that's mm. good. And I was like, I know, but I just want to feel like pregnant. Like I don't feel pregnant yeah. and blah, 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 And then I remember it was a Friday night and it was like pretty much bang on seven weeks and I was going to go get us, James had some friends over and I was going to go get us some, some takeaways. And I was all I was all excited. I was like, oh, can I Google and can I eat this and blah, blah, blah. And got us fish and mm-hmm. chips and came home. And then I put it on a plate and I was like, oh, I don't feel like this anymore. Like I just completely turned off it. So it felt like it happened just with a click of a finger. And I was mm-hmm. just like, from then on gone off food nauseous I had the yeah. morning sickness but it wasn't it was all day all night sickness um mm. yeah so I had major food aversions um which was different um I threw up just a couple of times but I mainly just felt severely hung over like all day <laughs> and um very tired um yeah yeah but- and then yeah the nurse said that's a really good sign so that made me feel good
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. that um all day hungover feeling is just awful isn't it
2: yeah exactly but then I at least I I just said at least it's a sign that that I'm pregnant you know like it was those symptoms that I'd heard about so that was good Mm. (laughs) Mm. yeah (laughs) yeah yeah awesome and what about your maternity care did you go for a midwife yes I didn't my sister-in-law was actually um pregnant At the same time, um, she was uh, six months ahead. So she was like, you need to get on to getting a midwife. Because when I went to Fertility Associates to get the first ultrasound and saw the heartbeat and everything, which was amazing, um, they basically, I said, because they didn't really say, they didn't really end anything. They were just like, I had to ask. I was like, so what do I do now? And they're like, oh, yeah, you just need to get a midwife. And I was like, oh, like no one told me. And they were like, Yeah, this is our last appointment and it was very like, Oh no, that's mm. it. And I was like, Oh shit, okay. Um, okay, I need to do that. So I went on Find Your Midwife, that website. Um yep. and yes, yep. it was very hard to find a midwife. Um, as mm. we know the shortage in New Zealand at the moment. Mm. Um so I emailed a few people and then one of another I heard back from a few of them and then one lady just recommended someone that she worked with and she was available. So I got her pretty quick. So that was good. So yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: Awesome. And how was the rest of your pregnancy? Talk us through how you were feeling. Um,
2: What did you do in terms of like testing? Did you choose to find out the sex of your baby? Yep. yeah what was that like yep so we were very keen to find out sex we did the NIPT mm-hmm. test um, right, at yeah. te- literally yep. 10 weeks on the day um so I remember the blood lady <laughs> she was like are you 10 weeks I was like yes just today I was like we're that keen um so I got that <laughs> and it was just before Christmas and we were hoping to find out so we could tell our family on Christmas but it ended up being like a few days after but it was fine um yeah we found out we were having a little boy and I was so excited and once I was in my second trimester I think once I was about 11 or 12 weeks I felt great again and I just I just couldn't wait to have my bump grow like I remember every time I went to the midwife I was like so when will I is this a bump like do because this is only very Mm -hmm. low I'm like will it get higher or I was just constantly she's like yeah yeah you know that's perfectly normal it's going to get bigger up to here and it'll start traveling up and I was just so excited to like have this belly you -hmm. know and um yeah that was so so cool and yeah I just had a great pregnancy really I enjoyed every minute of it I couldn't believe that it was real um the whole time basically I was just so grateful and I loved showing off mm-hmm. my belly and the tight clothes.
1: <laughs> it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. cool. <laughs> and how did you feel about doing antenatal classes? Did you do any
2: of those and any other sort of birth education or anything like that? Yes. We, I really wanted to do the antenatal classes in person but we weren't able to they were still over zoom which I was quite disappointed um, about yeah. yeah so um because I thought it'd be such a good way to meet other pregnant mm. you know, women in, in my area <laughs> make some mummy friends um but yeah, yeah it was only over zoom and we did one of them my, my partner wasn't really that keen but I was like no it'll be good to it's good to watch you know just do it with me and I got him got him in on it with me but we only ended up doing one um class and so it was it was a three it was over three weeks it was just like one night a week and Mm. at the time we our beautiful dog we were actually losing our dog to cancer Um Mm -hmm. yeah, so it was really hard because he is our first child, basically, our first boy. So he was like our everything. Um so Mm -hmm. during that time where it was the classes, we were kind of preoccupied and you know, busy with him and then we forgot about the third one. I was like, Oh, it's finished anyway. And to be honest, I didn't really find like like it really helped me much. I kind of did my own research Mm -hmm. anyway, and I listened to podcasts and I read lots of books and you know watch lots of YouTube so I felt like pretty mm. confident anyway with that stuff yeah 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 yeah
1: awesome and how did you feel about a birth plan like what were you thinking in terms of how you wanted your birth to go did you have any ideas where you
2: wanted to be if you wanted pain relief what did that look like yep yeah, so I had my I'm pretty easier in person I didn't really have a like oh this has to happen because I know that whatever happens Mm. is going to happen so i just said to my um midwife it would be because i love my baths like i I did that throughout my pregnancy as well so i was like Mm. i would really like to do not a water birth but to labor in the water at the hospital i wanted to birth at the hospital because it was my first baby i was all for that um and she said yep so we could probably we'll put your name down so that there should be you know, the birthing mm. pool there, and I was like, okay, hey, that would be cool, and I definitely wanted to have an epidural, that was a big thing for me, because my mum always told me, like, yeah. it's the best thing ever, and she had it with all three of her <laughs> kids, and I was like, hey, I'll definitely get that, because why wouldn't I, you know, um, so yeah, mm. I was pretty easygoing, casual, you know, just the normal hospital birth, mm. with the pain relief, and the gas, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah Yeah. and you doing any doing anything to prepare for labor did you do any of the perennial massage or antenatal expressing or any of the things that yeah. people say can have to bring yeah on? I heard about that ma- per what is it perennial massage perennial massage. Yeah. yeah um I didn't do that um
0: I <laughs> thought about
2: it but then I was like mm, no not for me <laughs> and I don't think James yeah. was too keen um <laughs> But I did the um, colostrum expressing, which was really good. I was really excited when I got some colostrum. At 37 mm. weeks, I started that. Um, and I found that really fun. I remember doing it every night. I'd come into the lounge with my big – I got like a um, big tablespoon out, and I had my syringes from my midwife to, like, collect it all. And, and I did that, and, um, yeah, leading up to – to birth really and I was able to get a decent amount usually like a a big tablespoon full um oh, and amazing. I do try and do that every day so I actually had a good little amount stored up in the freezer to take um mm. but I didn't really do like the teas or eating yep. dates and I didn't do any of that it was more just the mm-hmm. colostrum which was I really recommend that
1: yeah awesome. Yep. yeah and talk us through the final sort of week of your pregnancy how were you feeling did you end up going into
2: spontaneous labor and yeah into your labor and birth story yeah um I was working up to about 37 weeks um we have a menswear store so luckily I'm in a family business so it's pretty flexible like if I was not feeling good or tired I was able to kind of like come and go that kind of thing but I was yeah. feeling I, I was feeling really good on my third trimester I only had I had a bit of sciatic pain um getting close to the end of my pregnancy so um yeah and then a little bit of pain in my groin it was when because we would go for like walks with our dog and stuff and I found yeah. that was the only thing that was really causing me issues but other than that I was pretty good nothing to complain about um and, yeah, um, I finished up, yeah, finished up 37 weeks and I had my bags all ready to go. I wasn't sure if I would maybe go in a bit earlier into labor, but 40 weeks came. And, mm-hmm. yeah, when I was 40 plus four, I um, was, I think I woke up at about 3 a.m. And I started to feel that like period cramps. Mm -hmm. and I thought oh this could be it but you know you're not you think oh am I just over exaggerating or is because you're just so waiting for it especially if you've gone past your due date um yeah and so I just I was like I'll try go back to sleep and then I it just kept waking me up to the point where I couldn't really sleep through it so at like 5am I got up and I just left James to sleep and I was like I'll just go into the lounge and um you know, make a hot drink and put Netflix on. So I did that. And then he woke up for work at like 6.30 and he was like, you're right. And I was like, yeah, I, th- I think it's the start. I think it is. I'm getting period cramps. And he's like, okay, I'm just working just literally up the road today. Like, do you want me to stay home? And I said, no, it's fine. Like, you know, because he works for himself. So he's able to, if he needed to leave, he could. And he was just working so close. So I thought there's no point of him hanging around. I thought I'll be all right. And so I said, no, it's fine. I'll just stay at home. I'll just, you know, stay in the lounge, watch lots of movies and just, you know, I got my mum on call as well. So, um, yeah, so he went off to work and kind of like had some breakfast and I was like, it was starting to get a little bit more intense, Mm. but it just felt like the period cramps. And then I called my mum and I said, oh, I'm getting these period like cramps. And she was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Like, this is it. This is it, Rochelle. Like. You got this is labor and I was like are you sure I, I, I don't know if I'm just thinking that in my head or if I'm just too excited and she goes do you want me to come over and I was like oh no it's okay I'll just I'll just you know sit it out and I'll let you know and then I
0: quality sleep is essential for boosting energy recovery and well-being so take your sleep to the next level with sleep number Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. called her and I was like, actually, yeah, you can come over because it will keep me company. And, and
2: she came over and she brought like McDonald's because, you know, it's a nice, yummy little treat to have. And she just sat with me. And as the day progressed, I could feel they were getting, you know, slowly just getting worse. And we'd be chatting and then I'd be like, hang on a sec. And then I'd just it would come on and I'd be like, okay, now you can talk. It was kind of getting to that. And then um, it kind of, I think it got late afternoon and James was like, he came home and I don't think he, he was like quite shocked at how far along I was. He's like, oh, you didn't call me. And I was like, I I think I'm that kind of person that I don't want to put anyone out, even though it's like, I'm in labor and I don't want to be like, I was a bit like that with my midwife. (laughs) I didn't want to like annoy her.
0: So I yeah, text yeah, her,
2: yeah, yeah and it was just so stupid. My mum's like, that's their job, like, just message, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I know, but what if yeah. I'm just, you know. And it was getting pretty bad, like, late afternoon. My mum was like, oh, you poor thing. And she's like, oh, I know how you feel. And it's like, don't worry, you'll get the midwife here and you'll get your epidural and everything will be fine. And she left and she was like, good luck, and left me with James. And it was just getting really, really bad. And, and I said, look, I was so bad. And you know how they say you, you can't go um you know don't go to the hospital until you're so many minutes apart um Mm. that kind of thing so I was waiting that I was looking at the information she gave me and I was like it's I I knew that it was getting pretty bad and um I was like shit if this is the start of it like (laughs) you know (laughs) that's fun um and I ended up um Mm. vomiting um up my food which was not pleasant that's how sick I was Mm. starting to feel and I said, yeah, yeah, I think we should let her know, and she said, oh, wait till they're this this many. I can't remember. Is it like two minutes apart or something? And if they last a minute or something mm-hmm. like that, and then I was just bending over the couch, and I said to James, oh, we need to go to the hospital. Like I'm, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. I just. I just had this feeling like I know my body and he was like, yeah, but but she said this and let's call her. And then she said, Oh yeah. Okay. I'll come now. I'm just going to have my dinner first. And I remember thinking, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, are you serious? Like, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. yeah, just horrible waiting. It's that it just took like, Mm -hmm. it felt like forever. And she finally, we, I was, it was the middle of winter as well. This was in July. And it was finally saw her headlights come in the driveway. And I was like, Oh, thank God. I was just, I I just knew Mm. that I was close. I was like, she came in and she checked me. She's like, yeah, you're like seven centimeters. Um, And it was, yeah, it was so uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah, okay. I need, I need to go to the hospital. I'm going to get this epidural because I didn't want to get to the point where I couldn't get it, where it was where I was too mm. di- I was very nervous about that. And I was like, okay, hey, yep, let's go, let's go. And it was that horrible – we have a very short drive to the hospital, luckily, um, but it was that – it felt like forever and very, very painful. And James was trying to sing to me, and I was just – just to, like, <laughs> lighten up the moon. I was like, no, no, that's not going to work. Like, just stop. <laughs> so we finally got yeah. there, and I was just – um yeah had to do the COVID test and all that but I got into my room and I was just like okay let's go get this epidural and she's like yep yeah, we're just waiting for the anesthetist to come and I was like just watching the clock it was waiting and finally got that put in um and yeah I remember just thinking oh this is going to be great because you know it's going to take that pain away because I was at this point I was you know as you know what it's like it's very uncomfortable Mm. um so yeah I was waiting for that to work and it kind of started to work and I was like oh okay I can like I could talk again and I could smile and and I was like oh yeah okay I feel more comfortable now I can relax for a bit and it started to um kind of wear off on one side and I remember saying to Mm. them and I was like I can feel the pain's coming back again and they checked it and they did that cold test and I was like getting a bit worried and they were like oh okay we'll get the um anesthetist to come back and they said okay we'll just do we'll just pop it in again so they had to redo everything and I was kind of a little bit numb so I was kind of really floppy and I remember almost falling backwards off the bed I was like yes they had to hold me up to do that and I thought surely this will work now because they've done yeah. it a second time and I laid back and I was like okay how long does it take to work and they were like about 20 minutes and I was like okay and I was staring at this clock on the wall and it just mm. she was like oh you, you know they were kind of just like joking around like oh she's going to be timing this you know because I was so keen and that mm. time went past and I was like I can still feel this the right side of my body and they kept doing mm. the, they looked really they were like okay that's really weird and I hadn't heard about epidural was not working so this was I was mm. yeah I hadn't known anyone that had had that issue before and um yeah. yeah they they kept testing me and I could still feel everything down one side and and then they kind of left me for a bit and I it all came back all the all the um pain relief oh, even on my left side that was gone I could feel everything again it was just mm. it was pretty distressing yeah and did you like did they give you any um reason why they thought that was happening or you Not, know, no. they, they were a bit confused they were like I did try the gas as well but I didn't like mm. it personally I felt like it didn't do anything I was like is this thing turned on and she was like yeah mm. it's always on I was like well what the heck it like it doesn't do anything and i was like oh i don't want mm-hmm. this and i was like no no i won't have that i just and then they offered morphine that they said um that it could increase the baby's heart rate so i, didn't, I was like no, no that's fine mm-hmm. i don't want anything to put risk you know and then they got the anesthetist in again and they were like tried for a third to try for a third time and they and it was another it was another doctor that came in and he mm-hmm. looked at it and he was like it's not in properly that's why it's not working and we were mm. like, what? And he goes, like, yeah, it's the needles out. It's been sitting out. It's dropped back down or something. And I was like, oh, my God, what the heck? And I was starting to get mm. – it was pretty distressing. And I was like, okay. And they were like, we can't – they checked me again, and I was at pretty much 10. I think I was like nine centimeters. And they're like, it's too late to redo it again for the third time. And so mm. that was horrible to hear. So I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, Yeah, everything that I didn't want – and he said, "Yeah, I can't. There's, I can't put it. We can't try it again because you've already had too much in your body anyway. And even though it didn't go to the right spot, but yeah, mm-hmm. I was too dilated. So I basically just had to start pushing, and yeah, just mm-hmm. had to accept that in a short amount of time. So, um, yeah, had to start pushing, um, and yeah, it was." we're going okay I don't know how long I pushed for I don't think it was a crazy long time um I yeah, yeah I ended up tearing were you on a bed pushing yes I was on a bed and they had to break my yeah. waters as well I forgot to mention that and I had meconium yeah in the waters as well um yeah yeah so yeah I pushed for maybe like an hour I think um yeah and he finally came out and it was amazing it was incredible. Um, and he went on, I just was really excited to have him on my chest and do skin to skin, so we got to do yeah. that and then yeah we did that while they um other midwife I had a second midwife come in, and she was incredible um her name's Tammy, and she was amazing um she really like came in and, and was the one to be like, yeah you can do this because I was at that you know when you're at that point where you're like there's no way this is happening like I remember saying like they're like you're (laughs) so close I was like well no I'm not because I just can't do this like (laughs) because I just didn't feel Mm. like I could get there but I kind of got to the point where it was like push like you're angry and that's how I got him out um so that Mm. worked um yeah so she stitched me up um and I don't even remember the placenta coming out like I don't remember feeling that coming out or anything but that came out Mm. all healthy and I got to see that which was pretty cool um yeah and just got stitched up and then I was able to have a a nice shower and and everything like yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah amazing
1: and how like because I've actually just had this question um on my Instagram this morning around tearing and like that making people really anxious so do you remember the particular moment during your birth that you did tear and like, were you able to identify that, or it was just something that they told you had happened after? And what was the process like, getting the local and all of that? How did you? Yeah, find
2: um, that? I don't remember feeling the tear because I just remember feeling everything <laughs> as I was pushing. I just remember that lovely feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I was yes, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I yeah. remember I was like thinking in my head because they were like had my little team of like. Keep going, like counting to ten. I remember mm. just being like, "There's no going back. Like you have to just push him out." Like so, I just got yeah. I mm. I just remember the the pain of pushing. I don't remember the tearing, but they said that I did tear. And um, yeah, they gave me the local. I did feel the local anesthetic. That wasn't super comfortable going in. Mm. Um, and I did. They were when they were pushing on my stomach. That was pretty uncomfortable they didn't really warn me about I didn't know that they would be doing that so that was a bit uncomfortable she just Mm. started like really pushing (laughs) pushing down and all that um but yeah I don't remember um the feeling of the tearing Mm. and did they tell you why they were pushing on your tummy like did they give you any information about that only when I was like what oh ow ow hurts!" like what are you doing and then she was like oh I'm trying to like yeah it helps to get the placenta I think it was Mm. that I don't know I was kind of like you know delirious because I had my baby on my chest and yeah a lot a lot to take in Mm. really um but yeah but they um he he was covered in the meconium um so yeah we just laid there and then James was actually this is before I had my shower and everything but James noticed some markings on Boston Mm. And it was kind of like, I was like, oh, it's nothing. It'll all wipe off. And we wiped it and it wasn't coming off. And it looked like um like a stamp, but like kind of like a, a web. I would describe it like a web look. And it was kind of up his body in random patches. Mm-hmm. It was really strange. Yeah. And we were like, oh, that, that's really weird. And showed the doctor and they they were quite confused. And they took him over to the little table mm-hmm. and everything and and then they kind of looked at each other and they were like "Hmm." like you could Mm. tell that they'd never seen it and then they ended up getting a specialist doctors in which was a little bit scary because I was quite confident I was like oh it'll be nothing it's because he's like got you know because he's poo in the waters probably I thought maybe it was just an irritant or something Mm. I don't know and they were going to take him to more of a special care unit just to take some bloods and test him over and everything so um that was a little bit scary. Um I had a shower and had a little cuddle with him and then went with them down the hall to that area and um yeah they did some blood tests and everything and he was in this little incubator with special lights and stuff and I remember them looking mm-hmm. at me and being like do you want to sit down because you look like you're going to pass out and I was I think I just didn't want to not I didn't want to miss out on seeing what they were doing mm-hmm. and I was like "Actually, I will sit down because I've You know, I just gave birth and I was going really white and I felt really faint. But it was, yeah, it was not very nice um, seeing a little baby like that. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was very strange. Um, Not long after that, um, after they'd done the test, they were like, oh, the the rashes had just gone. But they weren't even really Mm rashes. They were just kind of marking. So they were like, okay, so we can go back to the room now. We got put in our room. Because it was about, um, yeah, it was about two a.m. He was born at one twenty-nine a.m. Um, yeah, and then they they got the test back and everything was fine. But they were amazing, yeah. the specialists. Yeah, they was, They're still confused. We don't have an answer to what that was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it was bizarre. Weird. They thought Never it could be that. like meningitis or something, which was pretty strange. Yeah, that's the
1: first thing I <laughs> thought when you just said that. I was like, oh, yeah. my
2: gosh. James was really worried, and I think I was just so tired, and I was like, oh, I didn't think any – I don't know. I just – you know how you think, oh, that won't happen to us? So I was kind of a bit like, oh, hopefully it will be fine. But, yeah, it, it luckily it just randomly disappeared. So, yeah, it was bizarre. mm. Yeah. yeah, that is crazy. Yeah.
1: And what happened from there? Talk us through the next sort of
2: day um, yep. with your newborn. How long did you stay in the hospital for? And yeah, let us know yeah. how that went. Yeah. So um we only stayed. So it was yeah, like three m. By the time we got in our room, and tried to have a little bit of a sleep, but didn't really get to. You know, hospitals, people coming in and out, um, constantly getting checked by nurses and stuff. So. Mm. We basically, we were planning to go to birth care and walk with the next day. So they had a bed for me there. So, um, yeah, got up in the mornings, able to go to the bathroom and everything um, at the hospital. Obviously still tender and a lot of heavy bleeding. So I definitely recommend um, <laughs> black underwear. Um, <laughs> <when> you, <laughs> um, yeah, so we went to birth care at midday. The next day so we didn't stay in hospital very long and yeah. um yeah we we went there with the intention of staying for three nights um but we ended up only staying for two nights um when we got there it, it was really cool it's a it's a really amazing place for new parents um and it's i think it's um they get donations i think um for the funding it's pretty amazing mm-hmm and they yeah you get like your own room and it's kind of like a little motel room so it's really good setup um yeah. so we got there and it was everything was fine and you know I started I was very tired because I hadn't slept from 3 in the day before um so I had been awake that whole time um mm. since he'd been born <laughs> so over 24 hours um yeah. and I yeah so we got there and everything was fine and it got up to the first night and I'd heard about you know first night and second night's really really difficult and the baby kind of wakes up a bit more and yeah it was I started to I don't know James said he when when Bubby was born he kind of saw a change in me um like not long after in my Mm. mental health way um I didn't think that I had that but he said he noticed it um and I kind of started to feel a bit funny when we were at birth care Mm. um and there were these posters on the wall and I remember just staring at it all the time and it was like what to expect the next over the next like three days with your baby and baby blues and all that and I was like I don't know it kept like staring at me this poster and I because I think Mm. I was feeling something coming on and I was like oh god like please don't let this happen to me um and yeah I just started to feel really anxious I was obviously very uncomfortable I had a really Mm. sore um bum area (laughs) I Mm. had a lot of pain there from pushing and so it was really hard to sit obviously because you can only sit up but Mm. it was I was in a lot of pain that way and I was able to the breastfeeding he was latching really well Mm -hmm. but I hadn't had my milk come in obviously I just had the colostrum um so yeah I was constantly trying to feed him and he started to you know not sleep as much over the next night and I wasn't sleeping and I kind of started to not feel like myself Mm. um yeah I could sort of feel like this darkness coming over and it was yeah not very nice feeling um yeah yeah do you
1: remember it. like like when you talk about this sort of that sort of darkness feeling do you remember mm-hmm. like the thoughts that you were having during that time or was it just like this yes. like looming sort of feeling over you
2: yeah um I think because since I hadn't slept and then we were up all night with Bubby and it was all very new obviously you don't know what you're doing you're trying Mm -hmm. to take in what the all these um, midwives that are coming in and they're all so different they were lovely and everything but they've all some of them were a bit more Mm -hmm. like assertive and others were a bit more friendly and 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 he was crying all the time and I was like trying to feed him and they were like I'll do it this way or you have to do this and you have to do skin to skin and it was like it was middle Mm -hmm. of winter it was cold and I was like okay and we were trying to do what one midwife said and it was like two in the morning and you know how exhausted you are and I was Mm. like I hadn't slept and I just was like it was I started with the anxiety I started to get really bad anxiety and Mm. that was so that for me the darkness was that the nervousness I it was kind of odd because James was the more confident one whereas I was Mm. it was like we had changed roles um and I think he was quite confused to see me like that as well like Mm. well I think I was so nervous because I didn't think I would I just needed to sleep but I knew that I just wasn't getting any and I was like I don't know when I can sleep because this baby is just and I'm trying to feed the baby but I don't have any milk and I was like can you get my Mm. colostrum out like I just need that and they were like oh we'll just try doing it this way for a bit and and then get it and I was just like can you just get them to get my colostrum because I need to feed them because I Mm. need to like try and have at least twenty minutes. And yeah, yeah, I think that's when it was like the start of everything. And I was like kind of trembling a little bit. Like I just wasn't myself and, and James was having to be the, the one that was, yeah, the really confident one. And he he wasn't confident, Mm -hmm. but he was, you know, one person has to take that role. So he was really good that way. Um, I was confused at how, how I was because it was not what I thought I would be like, Mm -hmm. which was horrible. Um, yeah the thoughts I had were not nice um Mm. I don't even like to say them out loud to be honest um yeah I remember just sitting up one night at birth care and it was like pitch black and I was sitting in the breastfeeding chair and James was trying to have a sleep and I just like I don't know I was like no it was just I was not myself I was having Mm. just these horrible thoughts um thoughts that yeah you don't want to think about um yeah yeah (laughs) not nice yeah and what did you do
1: like did you talk to James did he talk to you about like noticing this change in you like how long did it take for you or him or anybody to say like you know I think this is more than just the baby blues and and did you look for help what did that look like for you
2: yeah um he noticed when we were at birth care he was like I think you got the baby Mm. blues and I was like I kind of knew it but I was like yeah um yeah he goes it's that's what it is like, you'll be fine I think you've just got it's really normal you know don't worry about it you'll be okay yeah. um and I just after that two days I just wanted to go home and I because I just thought well once we get home I can be getting you know comfort in my own home I'll have my mum come over and have that support as yeah. well um so we decided to leave after two days we were over it um and I remember the drive home and I was explaining to him what I was, how I was feeling and the thoughts I was having and I was barely emotional. I was very sensitive. Like I'm a sensitive person mm. anyway. Um, that I, yeah, I think he was shocked, um, at what I was saying and he, it wasn't what he thought it would be like so that I felt guilty mm. having like, I felt like I was ruining the experience Mm. but it wasn't my fault obviously (laughs) um but yeah we got home and I was like made sure my mum was there I was like can you come over like we're almost home and it was so good to be home and my sister-in-law came over and she was so excited and um she's a nurse as well so um she was really good she like came over with food and everything and told her how I was feeling and um yeah she was like you know, really, really normal and all that, and you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And so this was, I think we got home on the Saturday, I'd given birth on the Thursday early hours of the morning. And f- as soon as I got home, it that's when it started to get really bad. Um, yeah. I think I could see everyone around me all happy and, you know, this brand new baby and everyone was like, oh, you know, it was just my, my dad was away, so it was just my mum over and then my sister-in-law. Um, and everyone was just so excited and I just remember sitting there and I was just like, like shaking, anxious. I wasn't Mm. myself. I was like scared. I felt scared. Like it was a weird, it's hard to explain. And I didn't know what was happening to me. And, and I thought, Oh, I'd heard about people having postpartum depression. I was like, that Mm. wouldn't happen to me. I didn't think that that, you know, I didn't kind of accept it um yeah and it was just they knew I'm pretty open book and they were like oh Mm. it's just because you're tired and you're sleep deprived and I was like yeah I think I'm gonna freak out soon because when I I've had it once before when we had a family member pass but I was if I hadn't um, being sleep deprived it kicks in this anxiety and then that anxiety like yeah it's like I can't sleep um yeah. and it's just a horrible feeling um so I just ha- I just knew something was going to happen and and it was yeah Sunday night I had a pretty bad anxiety attack and um because I wasn't eating as well I just didn't have any interest in yeah. anything and um started to freak out and that was pretty horrible I think they realized it was really bad and they saw that happen and we were on the phone to the midwife and she was incredible she was doing the The mental health test that they have Mm -hmm. um and then they got me some medication that night to help me sleep um so that kind of (laughs) the the, knowing that I was able to have a sleep made me feel a bit calmer but Mm -hmm. yeah it was pretty horrible
1: yeah yeah and in that time like you're obviously still trying to recover from like quite a physical birth and do you think that you were able to process any of like your feelings around wanting to have an epidural and then that not working and being denied it and you know the sort of trauma that's associated with that and how that might have been played playing into your mental health
2: as well how did you did you process it did you notice those feelings as well yeah I remember talking about it and they were like oh you feel like this because you know it was they they messed up and this happened and Blah, blah blah and you're, you're just tired and i knew that to mm. me it was a traumatic birth i i i explain it that way i think it was quite yeah. traumatic for me um yeah and then and then it just kind of yeah took off from there i did process that that would have played into it um but for mm. me it was definitely the not sleeping and i yeah, yeah. Um, and, and not expecting to feel like this as well and feeling like the mm. complete opposite of what I thought I would be. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I felt like this fear if someone left me, like, I mean, if my mum left, went to go home, she's like, okay, I'm going to go home now. You're going to be okay. And just that dread. And I was like, uh, mm. like it was horrible. And then my sister-in-law would come over after work and she'd be like, okay, I'm leaving work now. And I'd just be like laying there on the couch, like, and then I'd, you know, hear her car come, and I thought, oh, thank God, you know. And she was amazing, and she slept over a lot, um, and mm-hmm. how at night just so I could have a um, a bit more of a sleep at night,
0: um,
2: yeah. yeah. And I just remember even like going to have a shower, and I would, like, I was scared to go to the bathroom by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I'd never experienced it, but it felt like this cloud this gray cloud was following me and mm. that's how I can describe it. Um, the, I, the the best thing is definitely talking about it. Um, talk, if you're lucky enough, I was very lucky and I had a lot of support. You know, my mum was there mm. every day. Um, she was always with me and um, we'd go out. Um, I went to the doctors obviously the next day after the anxiety attack and I've I got, I got some medication and I talked to people and, um, yeah, I was just waiting for that time to pass was, was pretty Mm. brutal, but it definitely helps talking to people. I would not recommend bottling, bottling it up. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. And did you get like medication for postnatal depression and anxiety or what did that look like for you? Yes, I did. Um, I got put on that pretty quickly um because mm. i because it was pretty bad pretty quick it just came on yeah. very very quickly and it was quite severe um yeah and yeah that it, i was like when is this going to work and they were like it can take a few weeks to get in and mm. and that that few weeks felt like forever but i just remember you know my mom and my sister-in-law being like you you will it, tomorrow's another day and it's going to get better and you will feel better one day but I remember mm-hmm. saying like I'll I'll never feel okay again like that's how bad it was I was like yeah. I'm just not myself I didn't have that bond which was really really difficult um I didn't feel yeah. that connection and you kind of like blame yourself and um it's just not what I thought I would have because I was such a wanted baby mm-hmm. I, you know like did IVF and everything and he just I wanted yeah. him more than anything and um you don't know it's going to affect you and it's not anything to do with you it's a chemical imbalance mm. like they're like it's, it's yeah. literally your hormones are going crazy it's yeah you know it's a whole new adjustment um mm. yeah <laughs> it's an insane yeah Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's so important, right? Because we can want our babies so desperately um, and it's not like anything to do with that, right? It's just, it really is a hormone or chemical imbalance in our bodies. And yeah, yeah, I think it's important to hear that, um, particularly if there's someone out there listening who feels that way. Like it's not your fault that you are experiencing these
2: feelings. And yeah, I think the sooner that you can get help and support, the better, right? Exactly. That's why I wanted to do this because when I was... For me a good once my medication started working, I started to go for daily walks and I'd listen to your Mm. podcasts and everything. And I think it was so helpful because um I would search for like um podcasts that had IVF or postpartum depression because I was like I just needed to hear that someone else had gone through this similar and then I was like, Oh yeah, I went through that and it made me feel better as was like, oh, it wasn't just me. And then you, you hear all these stories. A lot of people have gone through mm. the same thing and they just don't talk about it. And it's, can be really lonely if no one talks about it, mm. and makes it seem yeah. normal. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so you've got little Boston who's almost nine months old now. So yes. how has your life changed since, you know, you got the support for postpartum depression and anxiety and, how did you feel yourself slowly coming
2: out of that cloud and yeah what are things like for you now oh amazing like when it probably took about three to four weeks and I felt started to feel like myself again um mm. which was amazing and I was like I felt like coming out the clouds the sun came out um mm. which was the, it's literally the best way to describe it and and I was me again and I was like oh my gosh my beautiful baby I absolutely adore Mm -hmm. him he's like everything I've ever wanted and he's such a good baby we're very lucky Mm -hmm. he's an amazing sleeper and he loves his food and he's just the smiliest little boy Mm -hmm. um he I'm like I'm obsessed absolutely obsessed with him (laughs) he's Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm
1: yeah amazing and is there anything else that you want to share or anything we haven't covered in your story that is yeah important um
2: before we close out the episode um yeah more that um if you are having fertility issues that it's very common and you're not alone. I know it seems like everyone else gets pregnant really easy. I had that mm. around me. My Both of my um, brothers, their partners were um, pregnant at the same time as I was trying. So that was very difficult um, mm. for me. It was very hard not to be bitter and feel very down about that. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's um, just do what you can to get help if you're able to. Um, a lot of people go through it a lot of people just don't talk about it um Mm. and then postpartum depression is also very normal and Mm. you will get through it definitely ask for help um if you need any medication it is so worth it Mm.
1: yeah yeah absolutely well thank you so much
2: rochelle for coming on the podcast and sharing your story i think yeah it's sort of invaluable the um
1: experience that you've shared with us today so i'm just super grateful that you're willing to come on the podcast thank you thanks for having me thanks for tuning into this week's episode of kiwi birth tales i have loved having you here i am so grateful every time you choose to have me in your ears and i will be back with another birth story on tuesday keep an eye out for a bonus episode that might hit your ears before then talk soon